I don't feel like anyone's talking. They're blockers. That's not why I came to Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hate to Break It to You. My guest tonight is, what can I say? He's just absolutely brilliant. He is a veteran of SNL. He's a hilarious comedian. He's a writer. He's an actor. Please welcome Jeff Richards. Thank you. Dude. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We've been trying to get together. We have. To no avail. Wait, so my first question is, you've been doing these Zooms, and you, are you, because you don't, I guess you have to do it for the way you do your pod. Do what? The Zooms, you can't do them in person. No, like right now, could we do a Zoom right now, you mean? We couldn't do this as a Zoom. Sure we could. I mean, we could, but it wouldn't be you. Have you been doing any pods in person? Would you call me pod person? Have I been doing pods in person? No, hardly. I one other one. Yeah, but have you gone in person one time? Is yeah. he, are you scared? Um, in person? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no. Um, I. I don't know. I, I, I a little bit, but I feel like I don't know. Most people are okay, right? What's the truth anymore? That's another thing, dude. I first, but I want to talk about you. First of all, what is your podcast again? Just the Jeff, Jeff Richards Show. Okay, guys, you have to watch his podcast, Jeff Richards Show. It's fucking amazing. It's unbelievable. Was I like? Did I kind of like? Yeah. Break the cherry? You did. You know, the one... Har- was I first one or second one? Harlan did the first one. We just did audio. Okay. It wasn't even going to be a deep fake show then. And then you were the first when we did the Robert Downey Jr. Dude, so it's such a brilliant concept. And you, the thing is, you didn't even tell me what it was. You just said, blah, blah, blah. You want to do my pod? And then you said... Uh, and then you came on and you're in a deep fake Robert Downey Jr. And then the next thing I know, <laughs> you're just talking to me like Robert Downey Jr. You never told me. Yeah. And then eventually I just said, okay, this is, I went with it nicely. You really did. <laughs> I went with it. You, it was almost like somebody woke you up to do improv. Yeah, right. <laughs> but do you tell anybody else that that's how you do it or no? Oh, now I've gotten it a little more, uh, I'm like, you know. Yeah, I'll be interviewing you as this person. Yeah, it'll start off that way, and, uh, you know, we're not going to go back and forth. But you never told me that. I think I did in, in some way, but I, I probably didn't convey it the right uh, the right way, though. But it was fun. Dude, it's fucking brilliant, dude. Thank you. It is so good. Take all the compliments. I'm going to wash them. Let them wash over you. Wait, so I want to ask you a bunch of questions because we don't really know each other, but we do. So how old are you? 46. You're 46. Okay, so you're younger than me. Where are you from? I'm from the Bay Area, the East Bay. The yay, yay. 
Walnut Creek. Oh, see, oh, I know Walnut Creek. Okay, that's by uh, Rooster Tees. That's the first place I ever did stand up. Rooster Tea Fizzles. Yep, yep, yep. And so when did you start? So that was like 98, 97, 98. And then when did you get SNL? Uh, 2001. Wow. Dude, that's so quick. It was too fast. You got it fucking so fast. Yeah. And so you were on like that. I had like 20 minutes of material. That's good. At the time, you know, 15, 20 minutes of stand-up material. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it was uh, crazy. You go, you start at Rooster Tea Feathers. I just did one show there, but that was the first place. So you were a stand-up. Or yeah. both. Stand up first, yeah. Stand up first, and then so you started, and you just started just doing impressions. Yep. Yep. And when did you know you could start doing impressions? Uh, Probably when I was like a little kid, you know. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I used to do my teachers and my uh, uncle and different people like that. Because you have no accent right now. I wouldn't know where you're from. The fact that you're from the yay. I try to keep it very simple. Yes, it really is simple. Like an orange juice commercial. I get that vibe. Yeah. Like orange juice. It's just a natural taste. Yes. That's my persona, yeah. So you go and you start doing stand-up. And then you start... How many... How did SNL find you? Well, I did Mad Mad TV the year before. Oh, you did? You're the only... I gotta fix the intro. Not the the only one, no. You were the first one. First, I guess. He is the first person to ever be only on SNL and Mad TV. Yeah. That, that was you. Who was the next person? Uh, Taryn Killam. Taryn Killam, okay. So you were on Mad... So how did you get Mad TV? Uh, just, I got recommended by the Improv and Joel Zadak and uh, just got recommended for like an Improv... You know, at the improv, five minute stand up showcase for Mad TV people. And then boom. And then boom, I guess it took a long time. They didn't really want me, I don't think. Because I, I just, you know, so green and I did a million auditions twice to network. Mm-hmm. Finally got on there. Did a four of 12, you know, four shows of 12. You just did four apps. That's it, yeah. Just four apps. Four apps. But that would happen a lot, you know? Like, they'd, they'd pick four guys, and two would go six months, two would go a year, one year, two years, you know? Or maybe a guy would go five, six years. But it's, you know, it's pretty tough to survive in that climate. So, I know, but, I mean, dude, you can do so, you can do any impression. So, that's, like, what you would that's the player. But at that time, at that time, I couldn't do couldn't do that much. I could do some impressions, but I had no acting training. I I didn't know stage direction. No, you know. When were you, you were doing stand-up? Where were you doing stand-up in, in the Northern California? No, Northern California, I just did like, I did a public access TV show in high school. Got it. And then I did uh, some radio stuff. Yeah. And then no stand-up. And then just stand-up was like 97, 98. And you started doing that here or down up there? That was in, uh, mostly I got, most of my stage time was, because I went to college in uh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And I 
started really did all my grinding at uh, Charlie Goodnights. Yeah, Raleigh. yeah, it's so good there. Yeah, and so you would do that. Yeah, and then you were fucking doing that was like your training. Yeah, we had an awesome open mic night. It was like two hundred people there, just awesome crowds. So it was it was a good place to start. So you go and you do Mad TV for half a season. And then when SNL comes right after? Yeah, like less than a year, I think it even was. Wow. So yeah. how did that happen? They Just saw the it. timing, you know. Um, my managers at the time didn't tell me about going on or even trying to get on SNL. Mm-hmm. They just worked it until they got the audition and then told me that, you know, I had this audition in two weeks. Okay. And I was like, you know, I'm not ready to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, let's wait. They said, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're going to go there and do it there, you know, on the stage. And I said, all right, okay, I'll try to get this together. <sighs> and uh, I was like, and I just got in a car accident, like literally two minutes before. I just gotten back in the car and started, got on the highway and they called me. You, how bad was the accident? Not that bad, but enough to shake you up, you know? Yeah. You know, so you get you had a bad car accident, not a bad one, but not a bad one. Yeah, but but fender bender. And they're like, you got an audition and they said it was SNL. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Then I had two weeks, so I just. Just worked on uh, worked on like, you know, 10 impressions, pretty much. How many did you have at that time? Probably about 10. Probably about 10. <laughs> so, yeah. But did you do any other jokes or just impressions? No, just impressions. Yeah. And so you had about 10. And then so when you went to SNL, you did how many? About 10? Like nine. Nine. And then how was the reaction on the stage? Obviously, you got it. But did you feel like it was like warm? I was just like, it was kind of one of those things. So I think it's like. Like the comedy store kind of prepared me for that, like that late those late night sets, because mm-hmm. there were there were people there in the darkness, mm-hmm. you know, all the producers and stuff, like eight people, and they just and I just wasn't getting any laughs really, so I just kind of cranked it a little harder, and you know that kind of thing where it's like you just don't want to let them, just don't want to let them think you're nervous. Yes, of course you're nervous. Yeah, you don't want to look like you're nervous, so I I just just kind of. I, my attitude was like, I don't want my nerves to be the thing that swallows me up and stops any opportunity. So I just went for it, and I heard some laughs here and there. I felt that was pretty good. And then I got off the stage, started walking, and then Lauren kind of stopped me and shook my hand and said, good job. Really? Yeah. So I was like, okay, that was good. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's like Johnny Carson like to the couch <laughs> type shit. Wow. And then when did you know you had it? Um, uh, when I landed in uh, San Diego. Because I flew directly to San Diego the next day. To do like a gig? Yeah, to do the La Jolla Comedy Store. So, and then you knew like that? Pretty much, yeah. Fuck, dude. Well, I, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Wait, so when did you become a regular at the store? 98. So you came down... You're, you have a very quick, quick in. So when did you, you started comedy, what year? Well, it was really like 97, 98. So I did 97, somewhere in 97. And then when I graduated from college, it was like 98. 
I moved here in 98, so. You came here. Straight here. And yeah. then you auditioned for the store? Yep. Do with an agent or just like potlucks and uh, saw you? Bob Oshak recommended me. Yeah. And, and yeah. Bob is a really good guy. He's, he's recommended a lot of people. Yeah. He's a sweet guy. Like he helps a lot yeah, of people. Bob succeed. Oshak. Yeah. How you doing, Jamie? <laughs> okay. It's Bob Oshak. So he, so you, 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 he recommended you. Yeah. You auditioned for Mitzi. Yeah. And then you got in the first try. No. Uh, first, yeah, first try. I think, yeah, first try. They made me a door guy. So you worked there as a door guy. Yep. And then, and I worked there as a door guy, and nothing was really happening. I didn't get another showcase uh, because. Mitzi was walking up one night and I was sitting in the back door area and I just thought I'd make a little joke or talk. She's like, she goes, how's it going? And I go, well, I don't know about me, but that bathroom, woo. And she just goes, well, then clean it up. (laughs) (laughs) So I literally had to clean the bathroom up. Because you made a fucking yeah, joke. Yeah. So then what happened? So then, <laughs> wait, what did she say? <laughs> then clean it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so then what happened? And then one night, somebody said something, and she said to me, she goes, do your Louie. Louie Anderson. <laughs> impression, which sounds... Pretty much like, like her. her. Yeah, he's just, I was going to say. Hey, he's not, loud, like, I go, you ready to play that feud? <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in here. You guys, does anybody want a club sandwich? <laughs> is this your club? Whose club sandwich is this? Is this yours? Can I have it? Oh, my God, dude. Dude. Dude, that's, it's so Perfect. I love Lou. He's one of my heroes. And I know he's one of your heroes. Yes. And it's and I get to work with him because I get to do funny you should ask. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, that is just that's Louie, dude. That is so dead on. He's he's seen you he's seen you do it. Yeah, I've seen it. I like it. (laughs) I told him the first time he did it, because he opened for me in Vegas, he said, You can keep going. When you do me. You can just keep going. And he, <laughs> Talk about all the other things I like, like shrimp and blueberry pie. Wait, did you open up for Louis? Yeah. As Louis? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, see In this? In Vegas. How many times? Once. But he That's had how well you, it went. But he had you? I did. I did the, I think it was the either the Riviera or the Rio. I think it was the Riviera. <laughs> and, uh. I go, you know, I started, went up there trying to work the crowd as him. How you doing? It's Louie. <laughs> How are you? How's everybody doing? <laughs> it's hot in here. Is it hot in here? <laughs> it's just me, hum. I get hot in here. So you got in the store after like two auditions with Bob. Where is Bob? I don't know. I know he's uh, was writing for. Bob is like one of the sweetest people. Yeah. In the world, let alone, he might be the sweetest person in Hollywood. He is. I haven't seen him forever. He's like one of the few people that like, wait, I want to help you. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Great stand-up. and Hilarious. Hilarious. Really, really could just pull any word and not lose momentum. And Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, you know, wrote for years and years and late night. Yeah, I think he was writing on... Um, Ferguson, I think. And, yeah. I would, see, I would see him when I would, like, do guest spots on those, like, you know, appearances. I would see him. Yeah. So wait, so you get within the store, so you're a doorman. I think I remember you when you were a doorman, but it was quick. And then you went up, and then, so you did your Louie, and then what happened for her? I did Louie, and then I just pretty much got passed right after that. She passed you? Yeah. And then how long did you grind it out? That was, you know, another, I guess, nine months. That's nothing. <laughs> So I quick. know, but I, I paid for all this on the back end. I know, bro. I know. It's, it really does even itself you, out. You pay your dues, what, on the beginning or the, the end? middle right? or, yeah, or, or you go, yeah, there's like, it's true. It's very few people like hit right away and keep going all the way through. It's happened or, or very few people take forever and then hit and keep going. I mean, or there's ups and downs. It's, it's very true. Yeah. So wait, so you get in and then. You get that, you, then you get Mad TV and stuff, and then so then you get SNL right after, right? Who were you working with in La Jolla? Or were you headlining that weekend after? SNL? I was working with John Reap. You were John Reap, okay? Another hilarious. We started with in uh, Charlie Goodnights. Yeah, hilarious. Hilarious, yeah. So you're working with him, and then you get SNL, and what happens? Fuck man, the store has so many people that came out of SNL, and it's still continuing. It's awesome. The Punky Johnson, mm -hmm. Leslie Jones. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So then I went to New York, and then uh, so I flew to New York two weeks before nine eleven. But what time is it? It's time to play what? Want to eat the cake? No, it's time to play what? What? The feud. You guys ready to play the feud? <laughs> He's angry. He's fucking pissed off about something. I went there, and I, I tell you this, too. <laughs> I, I, I did stand-up on the feud set for the audience. In five minutes, he had me out there doing stand-up for the feud audience, right? And uh, Were you just doing him? Yeah, I pretty much did him for half of it. And... Uh, and then after the show was off, uh, this we were done taping. He was in the dressing room. He was like, "You want some Diet Coke?" <laughs> Diet and he had like <laughs> ceiling, floor Diet to ceiling Coke. Diet Coke cases. <sighs> you get, do you smoke cigarettes? Do you want some cigarettes? <laughs> and he had floor to ceiling cigarettes. He's the sweetest man. He's the best. I love Louie. He, I, he I love working with him, and he's so fucking funny, dude. Yes, like. He may be the front. He's he's like top top five funniest person of all time. Yes. And I sit and he can say anything, and I'll cry. I cry at him laughing. Yeah. And then I'm crying at you because it's so perfect. Well, don't cry. I mean, you don't need to cry. I, I mean, let it out on your own time. And but I'm kidding. Why he's so great is because besides all of that humor. And kindness, the empathy within him is unparalleled. He's the sweetest guy. Yeah. I just do, but because you're doing something I love and you do it so perfectly. So, 
I want to get to the facts right before me. You're making me laugh. Okay, so, dude, so you go and you get SNL. So what happens? So you really had a quick rise. I know you paid for it on the back. I'm paid, still paying for okay. it during this interview. <laughs> um, I I flew out to New York, uh, you know, two weeks before nine eleven. So basically, I got ready. We're all there, and then the first day of like the it's commercial, a tough time to become yeah. a new cast member. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so pretty much uh, that was you know just the first year trying to get on, trying to. But did they have anybody? It was you. It was Daryl, the other one that was the big impressionist. Um, Daryl was yeah. He's it was Daryl yeah. and it was you. I mean, I mean people I, can do them, but there's people that specialize in them. Yeah, I mean uh, at that time, yeah, and and Dean could do quite a few. Dean oh Edwards. yeah, Dean was there. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Just trying to get on, and so I got put in things, doing impressions. Like that's when I get insert inserted and. In, Things here. And I there. remember I would see you and you would kill. And I, but I feel like I was because I knew you, even though I didn't really know you, I knew you. I do remember you kind of as the door guy. And then when going up and just killing, and they were like, that's the door guy. And then I remember the next thing I know, you were fucking at the improv, you were passed and you were fucking destroying. And it was, I was like, who's that? And he was like, he just got SNL. And I remember seeing you and I'm like, they didn't. I don't know if they gave you enough time, but I just remember you were so spot on. I thought they would give you your whole segment, but I'm not sure. I don't remember enough, but I do remember seeing you on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I mean, the hardest part is writing and I, I didn't probably apply myself enough, but I, I found that real challenging. I mean, I had real, you know, I'm not going to make a million excuses about it, but I'd say if I had to do one thing differently, if anything, it would be a, Learn how to write really well if you can. So you're like, well, like 25. Five. So you so you go and you get on. What is a typical, when does the season start in SNL? Uh, September, late September. Late September. Okay, so when do you get to New York? Late uh, August? Yeah, mid-September. Mid, uh, no, uh, maybe August, yeah. And so what happens? Tell, tell us what happens. <laughs> what do you mean what happens? <laughs> you get to SNL and then what happens then? You got do you get a living expense? Not really. I mean you got set up fee. Yeah. You get a set up fee and then you have to go find your own place. Yeah. And where did you live? Upper West Side the first time. You just rented an apartment. Yeah, furnished apartment. And bam. And then you have to go to work. When's the first day of work? First day of work was nine eleven. We were supposed to do commercial parody read-throughs wow. that day. Okay, so then how long would the season was put on hold for, like, what, a month or so? No, we. I don't think it was even put on hold. Wow. I think we were just like, well, we got a show in two weeks. I think that was what happened. So, and so you just kept trugging along. So your first day is just kind of read-throughs, and then you guys are done? Well, we didn't do the first day because the first, first day was day, 9-11. So, so then a the, typical we, week, I'm sorry. Oh, typical week, yeah. First day is meet the host okay, in Lauren's office, pitch ideas, okay, and then go away and start writing or come back Tuesday. Start writing Tuesday all night. Uh, do the morning and then do. How late do people stay? Like five a.m. Yeah, yeah. 
and then come back on that day. That and, day. And at like what time? Like uh Gee, when I don't know when it was. I forget. Like something like twelve or something. Come at twelve Maybe. and you pitch ideas. No. Twelve on Wednesday we'd read the sketches. So Tuesday night, all night write the sketches. Wednesday do read throughs. Yeah. And then they break away from that and then when they know what's gonna get picked, then they start, you know, going from there. What happens on Thursday? Blocking um, they pick, and then what yeah. happens on Friday? Um, run throughs. Um, pretty much run. And things get cut each day, right? No, they get cut between dress and well, they get cut. I mean, they pick like you know so many sketches after the read through, and then they get cut the night of. I guess they do get cut too during the week sometimes. Yeah. So it's it's sitcom. It's obviously very different, but it's the same type of context, different content, obviously. But it's like, you know, you do block, run through, and then they do a blocking, and then they rewrite, and then obviously these are sketches, and that's just a one scenario in a sitcom. But and then you have tape night on a Friday night, and here you have live on a Saturday night. I mean, it's very different, but it's the building. But there aren't rehearsals. Like it's like it's pretty much just blocking. That which I found, I mean, if you're not used to acting, and then there's no like, there's no timing, and there's there's no rehearsals. There's no real rehearsals. You kind of just go through it and they'll block it a little bit, and it used to scare the hell out of me. Wow. Yeah. So then you're ready. You got to hit all the points because it's this this moving organism. Yeah. And you got to go in, and you got to. You, you got to hit it. Yeah. Like, you got to, like, walk in as someone's walking out, and you didn't even rehearse that. Right. And you have to, like, make sure your mustache kinda, is on. But you go back to, like, the read-through, and you I to you, you, you go through that rhythm of it, you know, the read. That's all you really have. And then, you know. And you're doing it at night in your apartment. Yeah. And then the weird thing was that I was, was always told, well, don't learn it too well because... Between dress and air, they'll cut chunks of dialogue and things and add things. So don't know it too well. But then, you know, you got to know it so pretty well, right? I mean, try to know it. So then after your first show, who was the first host of your show? It was Reese Witherspoon. It was Reese. And how many times did you get on the show? Or did you get on? I think it was just once. Once. Yeah. And then at the end, you wave. Yeah. And then after that, there's a party? Yeah, there's a party, yeah. There's the first party where you mostly eat and hang out. It's more like smaller cast, friends, family, this and that. And then... uh, Why is it mostly eating? I don't know. It's like just where they have the dinner at. You know, they do the food. Then the second party later, there's no food, just... I mean, there's two parties in a night. Two parties. Oh, yeah. Every week. Yeah. So what time does the second party start? I mean, we just when you're done with the first party, you know. Uh, it's like two, three hours for the first one and then off to the second one. And it's like, like at a club? Yeah, different uh, restaurants, different, uh, not clubs so much. 
And what time is that one over? 6 a.m.? It's usually places, yeah, oh, 06, 07, yeah, right. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's usually something that's, like, closed, you know, closed. Yeah. It's, like, you, secret. It's for you guys, and then, like, you know, like, like Prince used to show up and different stuff right. like that. So, was your first party a rager? Yeah, the first, the first party was, uh, I don't remember exactly the first party, but there were a lot of ragers. Yeah, there was a lot of fun. A lot of good times. I mean, just brilliantly funny people on, you know, the institution of comedy with the hottest star of the moment. Right. What wouldn't be fun? And music act at the moment. Oh, so yeah. So then they're playing. Yeah. Who was the band that week with Reese? That was uh, Paul Simon. So Paul came and he'll play after? I don't know. I don't think he came. He didn't. But maybe he did. other bands do. Yeah. And hang out and go, uh, you know. Like if Coldplay did it, they might come and play at the after party. Yeah. That's, and then like other like socialites and celebs and influencers and stuff. Yeah, like, you know, Danny Danny DeVito will get up there with a saxophone and do his thing. And, uh, you know, we all, uh, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I believed it. it (laughs) But what time is it? Uh, No, it's time to play what? You guys ready to play that feud? <laughs> Every time I say that, you gotta go. Why? You gotta be ready. Show me ready. <laughs> what are the top things that you need to do? What are the number one thing that you can use to uh, protect your skin against sun against the sun? Show me sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> It's an easy one, but a lot of people just say mud. Mud. Wait, so now how long were you on SNL for? Uh, <laughs> three years, rounded up. You were. That's. Did each year get you used more? Yeah, I'd say so. And then when you were done, was it a surprise? Yeah, a li- well, not really. People usually go three to seven years. I don't know. Um, I mean, just it's it's like you're running. A, I can't explain. I can't explain the. Uh, it's like you're running. It's like you're you know like you're running from something. It's, and the joke. It's like you're running away from. I don't know. It's weird. I can't really explain it. But it's 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 this. It's a unique kind of. It's like the kind of pressure, like, it's like, not the pressure to support a family or go out or, like, fight some disease you have, but the pressure to, like, come up with ideas when you really don't think you can come up with anything and you just, you go through all, that, I think that's the thing is, like, like, the first year you got a bunch of ideas and, you know, and then the second year you have less and then it's like making an album, like, the first album's great and then it's hard to make another album and mm-hmm. I think that was the hard part, it's like, well, I've done all the impressions I can do. I guess I'll try to learn some, and it's just it gets more challenging. The people, the longer you can stay on that show, it's I think it's pretty amazing. I like that you equated SNL with raising a family and fighting a disease. It's a different type of hard. <laughs> Those were your three choices. Those seem like hard things to me. <laughs> so wait, so did they let you know, or were you like knew you were gonna go down? 
I mean, I pretty much knew. I had a feeling. Um, but, you know, it's just that kind of thing where you just, you know, yeah, you just you just lose your, uh, I don't know, you, you don't become, it's all about being like the favorite, right? Like, you know, you, kind of aren't the favorite maybe like there are people are more of the favorites now you know it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's hard to hard to survive and uh i i think i did my best but you know it was a good good training ground i mean if i had gotten gone to groundlings or something done maybe five years of groundlings first maybe i would have not made the same mistakes but, but you did three years it was okay yeah that was like your groundlings. Yeah. And every week you were on TV. Yeah. And then when you were done, um, what were you thinking your next career move was going to be? Like, like in terms of were you going to do more stand-up? Were you going to more focus on acting? Well, I, I, uh, I got pretty distracted afterwards. For a, for a little while, I wanted to really buy real estate because I felt like I had this window of having really good employment for a while and then some money. So I, I really got focused on trying to buy a house for a while. Mm-hmm. And that was so I did that and it kind of took me out of it. And then I really just wanted to do anything but, you know, impressions. So I tried to do music and I think I remember you were doing music. Yeah, I was doing music and. You know, and then I think I think what my thing was too is I'd get auditions, but I had trouble memorizing, especially how many pages they give you. It's the night before, and I had trouble with that. And I, of course, Damn. that's going to affect your performance. You know. Yeah. So, uh, but then I learned how to memorize better through just audio, like read the lines into a recorder, listen to the lines. That helps. But did you ever want to have your own show after that and do like your own variety show or something? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I, I I had to come back to impressions, you know. When did you, how long did you put them down for? Uh, I don't know. Like I would do them, but I had no passion for it. And I, I didn't want to learn new ones. You know, a couple years, two, three years. See, this is why I have so many questions for you. It's, oh, dude, it's like you, Frank, Melissa, Jay Farrow, Dean. I mean, when I think of impressionists, I think of, of you guys. That Not just impressionists, I think of comedians, but the really, really knock it out, you know, and it's. To me, I I fucking love impressions. I love impressions because you do impressions. I do. You're really good at them. You mean oh. it's? I mean, you, you, getting and doing original characters is is the same thing as doing a celebrity impression. It's I the think. same thing. It's just you're making up somebody that somebody doesn't know, and usually you get a character from life, and then you you know you get it like from one person, or maybe you splice two people together. But it's it's a similar, but with the impression, there's more pressure because it's a known entity. So you have to knock it out of the park, or people judge it. And then you know you've got everybody trying to do that person, as opposed to not everyone's going to know the milk, you know, the barista down here in Silver Lake. 
you know. Yeah. But look, I I have so many feelings about impressions. Like I sit here, I could laugh at you all fucking day, dude. I could laugh at Frank fucking all day. I could laugh at Melissa Villanueva all fucking day. Like, and I feel like I want you to tell me because I I would put you on the brush more of impressions. And Daryl. Daryl can do anyone. You know, it's like, you know, for years I've tried to do different voices. And, you know, it's it's um, you know, it's like the old mob scene, you know, back in the 40s. Because people, <laughs> you know, there was an embargo and no one really wanted anything to do with it. You know, and it's Mokadishu. And do you, do you, did you live with Daryl? Because he's up on the West Side, I think. No, I didn't actually, no. I didn't know. All right, so, but here's the thing is that I... Do you feel impressions get the respect they deserve? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it just depends. Impression can mean. I think the word impression gets a bad rap a little bit, like because I think when people think impression, they think cheesy, corny, ones that are more hacky that you've seen a million times before. You know, but it's not. If somebody can not. do somebody really well, I don't care that Jack Nicholson. Is working at a Seven Eleven. If it's dead on, I like it. Okay, yeah. but maybe I'm from fucking Fort Lauderdale and I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt and I like to drink Mai Tais. Maybe I'm that type of dude. But it doesn't mean you can't put them in a more specific place or whatever, or yeah. like reverse it. Like I remember, um, Phil Hartman would do like subversive versions of it. He would reverse them and do them like in Russian, and it was yeah. I forget his audition was incredible. And so I understand it, but to me, just the the ability to do it is measurable, and it shows you that you have a fucking brilliant ear. Not a lot of people can do, it. and it's acting. It it's is acting. Acting. It's funny. And it's fucking. It's it's. I just I get really fucking butthurt about it because I think like a good impression is is Oscar worthy, and with comedy, they're like, oh, that's cute. You little you little party trick. It's nice. But, like, since it's not some deeper material, but it's not. It's no different than somebody portraying in My Left Foot. I mean, I don't know the character's name, but Daniel Day-Lewis is brilliant in it. He won an Oscar, but he became someone else. When you become an impression, you become someone else. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, because it's um, like doing Dustin Hoffman. Oh, God, it's like, you know, he just he just talks like this. It's, <laughs> the face. I had uh, I had them, I made some some dandelion root tea, and I I didn't make the water hot enough, so it didn't get it didn't get too uh, dark. Oh, the face, dude! You got the face. Don't talk to me like that. Yes. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. There's there was a, there was there was a direction that we didn't want to go in. But we had to go. We had to go in some direction. So we went in. We went in. We went. In, we went into that direction. Yeah, dude. No, you went there. You like you for a minute. You didn't even realize I was here. I still don't know you're there. I believe that. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. No, there's not. There's not many people. This is a rarefied. Talent, you know what I mean. I appreciate it. Thank you very it's much. It's just the truth. 
And I feel like, what? how do you know what the truth is anymore? For me, my opinion, it's my truth. Are you sure you know what you see? I think I just saw you become Dustin. There was a, I had a, York, a Yorkshire Collie. Was it a Yorkshire Collie? Was it a Yorkshire, <laughs> was it a Terrier, I think. Was it was a Terrier. It was a shit dog. Shit, shit everywhere. Yeah. No, wait, did you, did you meet him? Yeah. Did he do the show? No, but we're talking, talking to his family right now, actually. About? Maybe coming on my show. We'll see. Dude. I hope. That'd be sick. Hoffman to Hoffman. Oh, my God. Warrior. Dude. Dude. That would be fucking insane. I love his. I, had, uh, I have to move my lips because if I don't move my lips, they're going to fall off. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. I got to interrupt myself. What'd you notice about that video? You like that hoodie, huh? For right now, I'm offering a limited time special. That's right. Hoodie from Malibu's Most Wanted. This is B-Rad. It's a limited, limited hoodie authenticated by me. I'm only going to do 25 of each. That's right. 25 of each. And that's it. The link is down below. Click it if you want to be part of the B-Rad army. All right. Now I'm going to cut back from myself to myself. All right, guys. Since I've been doing these videos, I got my first sponsor. <laughs> A new hand sanitizer. I want to talk to you about this video sponsored to you by Jizz Off. Now you're laughing. You go, what the? What's Jizz Off? You're doing porn? No. Jizz Off is a new sanitizer company. Their motto is Jizz Off because it's funny. They came to me because, like, you know, I have Jizzy TV on Roku. And, like, you know, people used to call me Jizzy. It's my nickname. It's like a rap thing. But their motto is that the world is covered in germs. And now, more than ever, we have to get rid of the germs, the schmutz, the schmegma, or as these two ladies who invented it call it, Jizz. And it doesn't have to mean that. It could just mean, like, jizz is the new germs. That's their motto. It smells really good. Like, kind of, like, fresh, like, fabric softener. And it's got a lot of oils in it. So, I don't know if you notice this, but when I use the other stuff, my shit gets dry. It's soft. It smells good. It doesn't leave your hands dry. And uh, they also have masks, you know, jizz off. That'd be great. You walk in the supermarket. Jizz off, man. Hey. A funny sanitizer that's really, actually really good and works. The link is uh, right here in the description. Listen, get rid of the germs, get rid of the dirt, and these crazy times, jizz it off. How long do you take to study an impression? I want to know if you really study it, if you do it once or twice, and then boom. I know how you do. I guarantee you do what I think you know I do and a lot of people do is you find that one or two phrase and you hook on. And you repeat it. Yeah. But do you sit in the mirror and just, do it? It just depends on how into it I am. How the, how how much I, the intensity yeah. that I want to learn. Yes, it's so true. You have to really want to know. Yeah. You have to really want to do the person. Like when I grew up with David Letterman, like since I was like 12 years old, I had my own TV and I would watch David Letterman. And I just, I just love David Letterman. So it's just, it naturally at some point, I don't know when, I don't know how. Uh, you just start to uh, put together this aromatic, uh, 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 incandescent uh, 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 bullshit. <laughs> you would hope at some point. I don't know when. I don't know how. Uh, but but the, the, the decor in here is 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 uh, is is, uh, is prosecutable. 
it just for no for no necessary rhyme or reason. Here's a baseball. Here's a guy who's taking a piss. Here's I don't know. These are from the Foreign Legion. You know. <laughs> Yo, what, what time is it? What time is it? It's re- are you ready to play that feud? <laughs> Dude, what's so brilliant is that you say the lines that they would say on top of the brilliant facial and the timing and everything you're doing. But you also say he would, Dustin Hoffman would not say Foreign Legion. David Letterman would. It, it, because because the Foreign Legion, and again, this is uh, not by any uh, consequence or uh, or uh, uh, indefinite <laughs> demeanor. Uh, but but the, it just you could almost hold the matchstick and, and bend it with either finger. I don't know how, uh, but again, it's up to you. <laughs> so how long did you work on Letterman? Letterman was like, like an. That's like your. I mean, that's just over time. I think I got better at it. You know, over time, putting little things in it. You know, I like to just start go going i not knowing what to say you know you know straight up improv just just start talking and just see if i can make that sound like something you know and so you but how if you you have the tensity of somebody that you want to do how do you practice it if at all i think i like to watch a lot of the person okay and not not try to do it just take it in just hear it let it just get lost in my subconscious or something, you know, just, just take in, especially if I don't know where to start with it. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't like to just jump in. Cause when I'm wrong, then I'm hard on myself for being not having it good enough, quick enough. Mm-hmm. I just take my time. Like, and, go ahead. I was just going to say like Pinkman was an example of that from, from, from breaking bad. That one took me a while and I just, Kept watching Breaking Bad, you know? I loved the show. Then after a while, I just kind of talked like this. Yeah, yeah. Yo, does it even make any sense to you that we'd have to wait out here for this long bitch? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mr. Mister White? Right? Right? White? Rice? <laughs> bitch? So how many impressions would you say you do? Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe like 30. 30. Somewhere around there. And how many do you like to do? Probably like 10. 10. Do you have any one that you're working on that you're excited about new or no? Um, I'm going to start working on a couple, but I haven't started yet. Um, I mean, Willem Dafoe's kind of a newer one. Dude, it's so good. Thanks. Take your time. I just, I just, I just, can I do him from American Psycho? Remember he's Detective Kimball? I just have to ask some preliminary questions from my files. And then Christian Bale as Patrick Wayne was like, sure, go ahead. So, um, what restaurants do you go to? Johnny's, Wild Cafe, Arturo's, Sally's. Don't you already know all this? <laughs> I just wanted to see if you knew. Uh, so <laughs> I just wanted to see if you knew. What about when he says, wait, say this line and you're going to love it. 
You weren't there, Kovic. You weren't even there. You weren't there, Kovic. You weren't even there. You know what that's from? What? Born on the 4th of July. You will love that scene, dude. Oh, nice. You have to, when they're in Mexico and they're fighting in wheelchairs, him and Tom Cruise. Nice. That's like a William Dafoe. He gets crazy. It's great. I love him. He's fucking incredible. He's the best. You just, William, he just interviewed uh, Bob Saget, I think. Did Willem do it? Did he? I think Willem interviewed Bob. Okay, because I interviewed him too, Bob, as as Jimmy Fallon. Oh, Jimmy Fallon interviewed Bob. No, I interviewed, yeah, me as Jimmy. No, Jimmy. See, I'm doing you what you do now. I'm not. I'm, let, I'm, also, I'm faking you out with. Spider-Man. I, I just wanted to see if you knew. <laughs> That's not the information I received. See, here's one of the things that I love is that you'll do. He's very obscure. I don't know anybody that does Willem. Yeah. And then you'll do Richard Attenborough. David Attenborough, yeah. David Attenborough. Um, This tiny speck of dirt is not just a speck of dirt. Inside are mustard spiders. Millions of them. A snow finch. Measuring almost a foot in length, he spends most of his time completely motionless. See, here's the thing is, why is it Comedy Central just... (sighs) Do you understand, like, how do you feel? Do you think the state of comedy is confused? It is, but you know what's great? It's 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 independent as it's ever been. So it, it you is. create your own islands. It is, dude. Speak on that. But what I mean by confusing, I'll go back to it. But say what you're gonna say. No, it, do it the way you want to do it, and then keep doing it, and then maybe someone'll take it as it is. Well, you can. What well, the beautiful thing about your show is, you couldn't do it any other way. And it's perfect for your voice, and it's you, and it came through your loins and your brain, and it's your fucking talents, and it's perfect. But like you couldn't pitch that, and I and I I don't want to call out Comedy Central and different things, but it's like if you were just to sit into a meeting, this is why someone like me should be a president of a network, and you too. There's not enough of us in, in, in the networks because if you sit there and you need, if you just rift with somebody, if they just say, okay, we got to give you a show or we got to figure out what you want to do. Like just David Attenborough doing interstitials on Comedy Central. Hi, I'm David Attenborough. <laughs> the world doesn't have long and neither do I. So you might want to try some Listerine. If your breath is foul, and maybe from another era or age, <laughs> maybe you need some breath spray, you bitch. <laughs> I don't even know. Well, what time is it? You guys ready to play the feud? <laughs> Show me time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But it's Don't you think that you should just have a job in comedy forever? 
Don't you think people should just be throwing thousands of dollars at you because be nice, but I do. I think that, and you will be, and it will. You're just so talented, dude. Thank you. You fucking are so talented. It's, I'm crying. And it's like, it's, I just hate it. I just, I think people, so much people get caught up in all the bullshit and like, what's cool, what's popular. I just, I just care about what's good. What in, what elicits an emotion? But this is the thing. It's like, what's great about the internet is that they all come to it, right? Yes. Whereas it's not coming to them. It's not being presented to people that could care less, don't get it, don't want to listen to it, not their thing. I mean, it's harder to get that going, but, you know, I mean, things catch on. You know, just keep doing it, I guess. Had John Lovitz today. That was oh, a lot that's of fun. great. He's so great. Who, did you call him up? I did, yeah. I, well, I, yeah. I got to get him to come here. Will he come here? Is he just yeah, doing I think Zoom? he might. I think he might. Do, what, who interviewed him? A Dr. Phil. Yeah. <sighs> Hey, John. Hey, fuck you, John. At the end, we're getting a fight. Are you dead? Hey, fuck you, John. Fuck you, Dr. Phil. (laughs) Yeah, okay, buddy. (laughs) We're just like going for it. It's fun. So when you pick an impression, do you pick like... What happens if you feel like, because like sometimes I want to do someone, but so many people do them. So it's like, how do you navigate that? Yeah, it's almost like uh, that's what makes me not want to do those ones. Because it's like, well, they've already cracked the code. They've already, it's almost like if I do it, it almost seems like I'm, you're hacking. Almost like I'm hacking into the system. It's not true though. It's not really true because those are universal things about that person. That everyone would agree. Easier. Oh, I know. It's easier to do somebody who's broad, right? Yeah, like a like a doctor feels easier. Like it's more to grab on yeah. to. That's what. It's harder to do Kevin Costner. Yeah, you have to f- really find that thing that that everyone also agrees with is true. Yeah. You know. You know, it's like. Um, yeah, but then some of them, like, I've done ones like Willy Wonka or something, one that people have done, you know. Oh, you do Gene Wilder. There's no way of knowing. Mm-hmm. There are good things. There are good days. Yes, fine, good. On we go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There are little things, you know, like, um. so I'm, so the, the factory closed down in 08 because, well, there was there was an outbreak. There was an outbreak of sugar candies. Sugar tiny. I can't do it. Right <laughs> I can't think of any of the dialogue. I had Ginger Gonzaga on, and I did Willy Wonka. Who's that? She's great. Hilarious. Gorgeous girl on... Um, she was in comedian. In, yeah, she's been in a lot of things. Okay, I'm sorry. Um. So, are you, are you okay? Is there any particular reason you're sitting in a bathtub? Yes. Good. Fine. On we go. Do you want some something to drink? Maybe some, I don't know, lemon water. 
I like that one. It's not bad. No, I, I, dude, there's nothing that's going to be bad that you do. Thank you. Sweet. So you wanted to work together. What did you want to do? Yeah, what should we do? We could do a deep fake. Well, I was trying to like, I haven't been working on impressions, but I actually have one I'm going to try on you. But I don't think anyone's done it. Okay. But I don't have them yet. So I'm going to try a couple and you'll tell me if you like them. All right. Okay. You know Warren Buffett? Yeah. Well, my idea was if you took 18 cents and you put it in the stock market in 1933, do you know what it would be (laughs) worth right now? I'm just hypothetically what I'm trying to tell you. That's great. That would be perfect. It'd be worth $433,000. If you took 10 cents and you put it in Gillette, Gillette razor, you understand, everyone has got to shave. (laughs) They have to shave. You know what you'd have? I'm not there it's yet. It's really good, though. It's not bad? It's really funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, think anybody does I don't does know him. what he sounds like all the way, but... He's like... But you know the, what? That's like... I would believe that sounds just like him. So if I deep fake that, I was thinking I could come on your show as Buffett. Buffett. Yeah, that'd and be give, cool. And like some weird buddy... If like William Defoe interviewed Warren Buffett. Yeah, William Defoe or... Uh, Maybe Hannibal Lecter. That's a good one. I did Brad Garrett with Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah. I was like, you attended UCLA for less than two months for dropping out to Korean comedy. Wanted to get out. Wanted to get anyway. I wanted to get all the way to CBS. <laughs> Your mother's name is Barbara. He was her homemaker. Your mother's name is Albert. He was a hearing aid salesman. Cut off a man's hair. You can still feel it tickling. Tell me when your little hair's on the bathroom floor. Where are they tickling you? <laughs> Wait, okay, what about, okay, so you inspire me, and I kind of used to do this one, but I haven't, no one ever got it, since he's older. I'm James Mason, and there we are, the total of the totalitarianism. I don't have him yet. That's really good, though. I have to think what he says. I'm James Mason. That's all I can have to think about, like some of his lines. But I could, that's in my, because you find your cadence and yeah. what your voice can do. I feel that you can do, I don't know what your tone is. I don't know if you're baritone or what, but because you're a great singer, and I don't even have to ask you to know you're doing music because anyone who can do impressions can sing. I can't sing like normal. I can sing like. I'm uh, sure you can, dude. I can carry a tune too, but I'm not, like, but it's because of the ear thing. So James Mason was, I just, he was like in my wheelhouse. So I, I have to think of like those in my wheelhouse. So this is what, tell me if you like this one. This is why I've never seen anyone do this one either. You know, Dick Vitale? Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Look at him. He's coming down the court, baby. He's young, baby. He's a type of dandy, baby. He jumps out of the gym, baby. Oh yeah. He's a Del Taco two for one. <laughs> Chalupa, baby. Like, I don't have him yet. That's but, good, that too. But so. So you have like you have like ninety percent of those. Yeah, like I would have to sit and work. You know, it's a pain, but like I can those ones come in my ear and I can kind of say enough of them. But the, they take work. But it's almost like if you start writing it, you can write it to where <sighs> you say it right. Yes, and it's almost like that writing process is kind of what gets you to do the impression. 
because you don't know what they're going to say, right? I mean, that's how I feel about it. It's like, I got to write some of this out so that I can, you know, I can't just start doing it. So you're asking me, like, which impressions I can do the best? Well, there's like 10 of them because I feel like there's really only 10 that I can get real fluid in, you know? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say it, but, like, I love you in less than zero, and I'm amazed at what you're doing now. You know, it's like, you know, sort of the, the Fandango, this weird multi-collision, weird, like, you know, you know, voodoo. It's like voodoo in a bottle. It's like bullshit, but it's like it makes sense because you go to the ATM machine and you can only pull out $300. It's like what else you need the money for? She's your ATM, you draw a check, or you just like pay the guy in a couple of days. It's like this weird, like this cathartic, like, you know, postmodern, like... It, you know, weird, like, confectionery bullshit. It's like, bullshit. <laughs> That's one that you really groove in. <laughs> you love doing RDJ. Well, it's like, you know, it's like I sound like a surfer. Yeah. It's like hang 10, you know, cowabunga dude, but I don't really mean it because it's like, I don't even like sunscreen. I don't like sunburns or sunscreen or sun bullshit, like sun-kissed or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, yeah, he, that's so good because it's like, it is the surfer... But it's, it's, it's own. I cock my head back and forth because, yeah. you know, I don't really do manual labor, so I can kind of mince. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, not Dan mince, but like just regular mince. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, just like you know, chocolate covered. This, you know, this weird post, you know, this post apocalyptic bullshit. Like, there's nothing in the fridge, nowhere to go, nothing to do. Door doesn't even shut. You know, this kind of thing. <laughs> so funny. Wait, here's one more, and then I'll go back to our conversation. This was one I used to do, but I don't really have them yet, and I never really did them all the way. But I think a couple people did them. But you might do them. I don't know if you do them. Um, <laughs> so this became. I was worked. I went to. Uh, I went. To an acting class, and long story short, one of the years, Dustin Hoffman's daughter Jen, you know her? No, no but yeah, I bet you're talking. To her. She was in my class, and that's where I got to. I met Dustin at our graduation, and he was like the nicest guy, and he was like, told me like you know just go for it, you know, and um, and then I went to a summer program because I wanted to learn. Shakespeare. So I got into this program. I did a summer, and they had like professional actors talk, and one was Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I don't know if you that do guy's him. So good. No, I don't. But I love him. But he, I was like, there's something that nobody really does. And I, I asked him. And I was fucking totally American, fucking bright eyed, bushy tailed. I go, Mr. Rickman, what was it like when you went from like doing Hamlet to going into being in the Die Hard? Because he really didn't give a fuck about movies. He was like a fucking boardwalker, you know? Yeah. So it was almost like a step down for him, but the money he was getting. He goes, <laughs> he, this is what he said to me. He goes, the limousines get darker. I don't know if I have That's it yet. really good, too. <laughs> he was like, the limousines get darker. I don't ha- I have, I had to listen to him more, but he was limousines over. Limousines yeah, yeah, I know. Me- Mr. McLean, Mr. Joseph Tukake. I don't have them yet. I had them, 
But he was good. such a good, deep, thick voice, and he just would like boom through the whole class. But he was like, I was like, I was a stupid question. Yeah, I was like, it was like not barred, not all the <laughs> things he won, not the Royal Academy or all this stuff. I go, what was it like to work with Bruce Willis and being diehard and going to premiere? He's like, <sighs> the limousines get darker. It was so deep. That's so good. But it's not there yet. But I like, see, that's weird. Those are weird ones. But I think I've but seen see, a couple people do them. You just showed me that you could do Morgan Freeman. It's uh, You have that, that kind of register. You can get to that. I heard a teeny bit there. Wait, can you do Morgan? That's Frank. I can't. He does him brilliantly. You but, know who does him really good, too, is uh, Josh Robert Thompson. I know him. I know He's him. really good. He does a good George Lucas, too. Oh, yes. That was the round table. Yeah. Where you were on that round table. Yeah. What was that called again? That, that was, was so good. Dude. That was like a collider deep fake oh, round table. It was you as RDJ, the other guy. And it was Jamie. Was it Jamie uh, Costa? Yep. Jamie Costa is so good. Yep. And he doesn't want to do comedy. Why? He, I don't know. He's such a good impression. I mean, he does. He was doing comedy. We did the- I never see him do stand up. He doesn't want to do stand up. No, but I I've seen him do at least eight like dead on impressions. Yeah, and also uh, Evan Ferrante. Yeah, did Tom Cruise is the best Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's so. The, oh, that George Lucas was so fucking good, yeah. and it was Mark Ellis. The, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So so Josh Robert Thompson did John. Um, what's his name? The uh, oh. The, Jeff Goldblum. So you did two. Yes. So you did two, two different ones. See now, go his that was brilliant too. His Goldblum, but see, I feel like a, I. How do you do that one? Like, I, there are people that do Goldblum. I mean, the thing is, is if you do it right, it's going to sound like all the Goldblums, right? If you do a good Goldblum, it's going to sound like everybody that does Goldblum. I mean, that's like that's the major problem. It's like yeah, you can paint the the wall, but it's like somebody just painted it that color. And that's the right color for it. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, I don't know. It's like, go for the ones that nobody does because that's more fun, I think. Yeah, but it's nothing wrong with a Jack Nicholson impression. No, there's nothing wrong with it either. No. <sighs> it's annoying, though. It's not like the audience will eat it up. Look, it's it, the fucking hipster comics that are like, in pain. I guess, I guess it's but this. What do you fucking do? If you, if you want to do it, then do it. I know, but people call you hacky. It's stupid. It's not. I know. It's not really. It's not. It's fucking brilliant. But there's another word for it. You know. What is it? Talented? Well, you want to do something different with it. Yeah. I mean, I think it, yeah, I don't think it totally matters who you do. It's it's kind of what you do with it. But like Danny Gans had like a hundred voices he would do in Vegas. And that was his thing. And then it's like a Vegas show or whatever. But still doesn't mean it wasn't amazing. Right. But, like, you know, maybe that was too many. I don't know. But, like, I think doing impressions is fucking funny. So if I do them, I try to sell them with the joke. Like, I use it, like, you know, blah, 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 running down, like, blah, blah, like Marge Simpson or something, and then throw it in. And they, like, kind of use it as a tool. But I... I just love them, and I love characters, and I love acting out stuff, and I think that's part, a big thing of comedy. I'll tell you something. You'll tell me what you feel. So I did a show before the pandemic, and this was a sweet show, and it was like, like you were saying, comedy has never been more, what was the word you used? Um, 
Controversial? No, it's independent. Independent. Yeah. yeah. Independent. So like 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 anyone can do it, and people can find you can build your own little lane and fiefdoms. And I did, and the good thing is I do shows with all types of people. Now is the time for the mint. Sorry. Did you smell your breath on the mic? These are marijuana mints. Oh, you're getting there. Okay. So. I'm timing my drive home. <laughs> so I did a show and this was like young comics and older comics and mix of known and unknown. And this guy come up to me and he was like, hey, you know, I was like, I'm really, I was, really, I was like old school. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you really, you really went for it. You, you, you act. You know, you you committed, and I was like, "Well, what? well, that's comedy, isn't it?" He's like, "He's like, yeah, but you're not scared to get like big and sometimes look, you know, crazy or stupid." And I was like, well, "That's comedy. Like, you go, you can fucking just sit there and deliver jokes like this, or you can also be, you can do it both." Yeah, but it's kind of funny. Do you feel like that? That sometimes people feel like if you're so big, it's like too much. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people know what they want or not even know what they like. You know, I think, like, you know, things have to get, like, a seed of popularity or whatever before people can... Because I I feel like people don't even know what people... I've done a lot of shows where people don't even know I'm kidding, like, some of it. You know, like, in the middle stuff where you do a joke and then in the middle you say... Or not, you know, you do a joke and then you, you just say something off the top of your head. Like, that stuff will just go over people's heads. Oh, yeah. But that's the funnest stuff. Like, saying, just saying something crazy and being sarcastic or being weird or something. And, like, to me, that those are the, those are the funnest moments. Yeah. Or just, just being silent until they're all, you know, I don't know. Like, um, I miss performing. I haven't done any of uh, live stuff in a while. There are some shows. I mean... Are there? There's like fields. You like it? Park in a in a way, dude. It's I do. It's very freeing, and people really love. They're, they're really good. appreciative. It's actually beautiful. Where is it? Uh, Renee Vaca and Robert Zapata have a killer show at a parking structure in Van Nuys. Tammy Joe and her wife have a great show at the Magic Castle. Um, Max and uh, Melissa Dawn have a great show starting at the Roosevelt at the pool. Then there's nice. shows at like the baseball. For there's a show not there's a lot of shows. They're like there's little there's pop ups. I'll tell you a bunch, but I mean you work it out. Do ten minutes. If you just went on and fucking just riffed for ten minutes. You just murder. I mean, it would be good for your psyche, dude. I'd like to do it. Yeah, you just, because you gotta, I think it's good for you to get out. I didn't know there was anything going on. There is. Have you been online? I haven't really. It just started getting busy again, though. Yeah, because I thought it went away. It did, and then it started coming back. Okay. But, like. With the restaurants? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the restaurants are somewhat open. But do you, yeah, you gotta get, you gotta get out. Yeah, I need to. Are you up by the factory? Yeah. You and Bill? Yeah. And um, Johnny? Johnny and... Uh, and Dan. And Dan, yeah. That's the, that's the foursome. Danny Green. Yeah. Are, are you a Vegemate? <laughs> we did Vegemates, yeah. It's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. 
Did that mint just kick Wait, in? Wait, oh, you mean Vegemite? Yeah. No, it's not good. <laughs> the veg- you had your mind? It was good. I watched yours too. You were really into it. I it's so good. That's so weird of you to be into it. <laughs> I was into it. Vegemite. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, Australians are the only people who don't, don't think you can do their accent. You noticed that? They're a very yeah. arrogant group of people. About their accent, yeah. And it's like, they're the most, it's the most obvious accent to do, like. It's like the one I want to do wrong the most, though. Yeah, to get to... Hello, mate. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just to get the full trajectory on it. (laughs) Hello, mate. It's a good day. (laughs) Sometimes they sound German. They sound so Australian, they sound German. It's a good day. (laughs) Okay, Mr. Gloob. I used to say this to the... I used to just say, yeah. 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 And they got no mate. Sounds nothing like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they get so worked up about it. Oh yeah, man. They just can't. Yeah. They almost ask you to do an impression of them. Know, they th- so they can shit on you. They really think that they're super intelligent people. They think yeah. they're the world's greatest thinkers. Yeah. They, they created Uber. And they think they're the best looking people. They are very good looking people. And they're brawn and they're sporty. But they really don't think that you... They think they're like this unique being that you can't capture their essence or something. And not, to me, it's just in one word. Yeah. 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 Like Dan gets it. Today is a good day. <laughs> Dan gets it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of Australians are bogans. You know what a bogan is? No. A bogan. Yeah. Raw. No, let me just, I mixed like three things there. A bogan is their like version of like a deep, deep bush person like we have in Arkansas. So it's a real thick, like thinking a lot. Hi, hi, hey, man. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to think. Hey, y'all go down there. Y'all see that uh, caterpillar tractor? Like they would stretch it out. So it'd be like, yeah. Right, well, yeah, oh, I had a knife, and the and the guy, the bloke, no, the bloke, the, uh, the blimey, something, it's just, it's really stretched out. Yeah. Like, say, like, I want a Vegemite sandwich in the sun, but stretch it out. Yeah, bloke wanted a Vegemite sandwich there in the sun. Something like that. And they they don't think that's them. They think that sounds like it's Spanish. You know what I did to Dan when he first moved in? Huh. Every time he had something in his hand, and I would go, that's not a knife. And then he'd have anything he had in his hand. He never had a hand. He never had a knife in his hand. Yeah. So I'd do it every time. That's not a knife. That's not a knife. And then... Don't even do the accent. Just Dan, that's up. not a knife. Uh, that's not <laughs> but what would David Attenborough say? That's not a knife. And I don't want anything to do with it. Hold on. So David Attenborough, he's hooked up with a 26-year-old man at Jamba Juice. What happens? Well, nothing much happens because... Neither one of us had a condom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid we both went home (laughs) (laughs) empty-handed. 
see, this is what we could do. We could do like a deep fake. Why not David Attenborough and James Mason? Yeah, James Mason. Or, or what's the first one you did? Oh, Warren, Buffett. Warren Buffett. Those two guys. <laughs> we had the gray hair and stuff, or the white hair. <laughs> yeah, I have to have the you, the guy who does your deep fake. Go you ahead. Do it. Yeah. Go ask Warren a question. Well, I'll start with. Uh, well, Mr. Attenborough, if you uh, if you took what do you uh, call it in your country? Uh, is it pounds, uh, shillings? Uh, what is it? Pounds. All right. So if you had like eight or nine pounds, if you invested just nine pounds in Coca Cola. In 1947, do you know how many uh, euros you would have right now? How many? You would have uh, over over a thousand. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't have my calculator here. <laughs> I usually have. <laughs> Bruce has it. But uh, you sound malnourished. Well, I, I actually uh, I eat a lot of Mc, I, eat, I have McDonald's every day. I bought stock in 1947. But uh, I I held it, you know. You reinvest the dividends, and that, that you're betting on America. That's what you're betting on. You're uh, betting on America. I'm betting on you. Need to take a shit. This <laughs> and probably a nasty one. Too. You know, a shit that has hair on it. A hairy shit. Is he alive? He's still alive, thank God. God rest his soul, dude. No, he's alive. God bless his soul. Oh, he's not God rest his soul. Richard, where's Richard? My brother Richard is a closet <laughs> homosexual. <laughs> but he's never going to tell you that. <laughs> Show me gay. <laughs> oh, God, dude. You're probably going to get letters. But I don't care because I'm a crazy motherfucker. Tell me how many impressions you do off the top. You do 30. Give me just the other names. You don't have to do them. And I um, might. Let's see. Uh, Louie, uh, Hannibal Lecter, Willy Wonka. Uh, the ones I haven't told you. Let's see. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. I saw him, yeah. Um, uh, Hannibal Lecter, Jimmy Fallon, Willy Wonka, Louis Anderson, Letterman, Willem Dafoe, Robert Downey Jr. Um, Dude, can't remember. We just have to do the show. We Let's have do to it. just have a show. Let's do it. Were you? Let's do it. I, see, I want to bring back. I'm not gonna tell people, but I want to bring back like my show experiment. But it's like, what can you do now? Because everyone gets mad. And I like, but I want to do like celebrity, like literally, dude. You, I've seen you. You look like RDJ when you're in the makeup. A little bit. Sue, that would be like a an element of just adding. yeah. It's just like you know, we could do this basically like hook up weird Jamba Juice, like backwards, weird, strange, cathartic. You know, just like blowhole thing. Check. I didn't say I wanted fried eggs. I said I want boiled eggs, but nobody knows what that means anymore. So, I had fried eggs. 
Don't you think it's weird and strange and also weird and strange that I do this a lot? I do, I do my hair. I feel good. You know, it's, you know, it's like a whole thing, you know? <laughs> when you go up on stage, do you do your impression? I don't really see you do it on oh, stage, yeah. but you do a mix of things. A little bit, yeah. Run around. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. But like, I haven't done it in a year. So I don't even know if I can do stand-up anymore. Might have to leave it alone. I think you can. Let's do it. Gotta do. We'll do a special appearance by David Attenborough. We'll do it live first. We'll have wigs. I want to do the deep fake. No, we got to do the deep fake, yeah. Oh, God damn it. I'm crying, bro. Do you think the comedy is going to be in trouble? I mean, um, do you mean in terms of like what people? I think it's going to, I think that already it's, you know, people are censoring themselves and they're not trying things and yes. people just go, oh, you can't say that. And then they go, oh, I can't say that. And then you start telling themselves you can't say anything. And if you tell yourself you can't say anything, you're not going to say anything. It's just going to be. Yeah. It's up to you to really go, look, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm going to just do this. Uh, you Maybe you have to thread the needle more, but I think it's accomplishable. But you mean that old style of comedy is, that's what, that's, I don't know, I hope that survives. You know, the Jim Norton and the Brian Holtzmans and, all, you know, the guys that just say whatever they want. I know, dude. You know? I mean, I, I don't worry about those guys as much as I do about people that think they could have done that kind of thing and then they don't want to because they're afraid to. Like, you know, they're young and they're like, you know, I, I think I have that in me to be like a Jim Norton or a Holtzman or something like that. And they just, they go, that's not a good, I don't know. Because they're scared of the friends, man. I'm afraid. I don't, I'm always, I'm a, when I'm doing the show, it's like I'm, but what, you don't do anything bad. I try not to say anything, you know, <sighs> that doesn't. Do you think that, why do you think it's gotten so bad? I have my opinion. I don't know. I don't know 100%. Okay. <laughs> Show me. <laughs> Show me brain annualism. <laughs> Show me. Somebody, are you ready? <laughs> Can't show me cancel culture. Show me cancel culture. culture. <laughs> but you ever do that? You ever done that? You ever do that? You ever do that? You ever do that? See, then you went in the dust. This is brilliant. Watch this. Louis starts Family Feud, and then he hands it over to Dustin. But they don't. It just naturally happens. Hey, everybody, I'm Louie Anderson, and you're watching The Family Feud. You never know who's going to stop by. A warrior. How you doing? <laughs> it's Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay, now hold on. What do you think is going to happen with comedy? Do you know why why people get so offended? Tell me your opinion, or I'll tell you mine. I think they aren't offended. They're not. I don't think they're actually offended. I don't think anyone is. No, they're actually, not. But they, they feel like they have to be offended. They yeah. have to act offended. Yeah, they have to be appalled by something. Yeah, but I just find it amazing that you can literally have 
a comedy club where you go in there and you know what the deal is. You know when you go there, they're going to say whatever. They're going to make fun of this. They're going to do this. But now it's like you can't even do it there. I think that's... that's it's like going to the gym and sweating on the weights and people get mad. Sweat on weights is the product. That's a really good way of putting it. Right? Not not sweaty weights. Sweat on weights. Yeah. Which was, I think, the first porno film I ever saw. Sweat on weights? Yeah. Didn't Attenborough direct that? I actually associate produced it. (laughs) Dude, wait. Do you know, by the way, they just cloned a ferret? Oh my gosh, dude! You gotta put only take one minute next time because there's certain facts you need to know. They just fucking cloned a ferret that went out of commission in 1988. A black-tailed ferret extinct. Really, 33 years later, brought it back to life. Yes, from DNA of a dead ferret. And you know what that is? Welcome. They can bring Rush Limbaugh back to life. <laughs> I was going to say, welcome to Jurassic. It's your line. Welcome to, is that, oh, he did that line? Yes. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Yes, welcome. He has, welcome to Jurassic Park. That's exactly how he said it. You never saw him say that? No. Did you ever see Jurassic Park? I Parts of it. It's, you know what? I was supposed to see it in the movie theater, and I didn't, and then I'm like, Everyone told me, oh, you you had to have seen it in the movie theater, so I never watched it. Wow. Yeah, he said that. That's the effect society will have on you. Yes. Who is that? I don't know. But here's my opinion why I think people get a man or fake man. Because there's so many people that, like, if you just sat in a Dunkin' Donuts, right, right now, and you just started... Doing impressions in the corner by yourself. I would laugh. Right? But a lot of people in society wouldn't know what to do with that. Because they're not funny. So I think with all the people being offended shows you how many funny... There's not many funny people in the world. Because now everyone has a voice. Well, uh, yeah, everyone's afraid to make someone feel bad. But how is Richard Attenborough making someone feel bad? He's not. No, he's not. (laughs) He could never. Yes, I also enjoy McDonald's. Except I get the flare of fish, and then I rub it on my balls. (laughs) Do you know Leslie Jordan? No. He's awesome, dude. He's a great character. You gotta watch his Instagram. I'm. He was in. He's like an actor. He's been in a million things. He, I don't want to do him, but you, you're you going to look at him and you're going to want to do him, too. Cool. I mean, he's funny as fuck, dude. Leslie Jordan will come up. Okay. Um, Dude, I feel like those men hit you. <sighs> well, uh, I just feel a little, I feel sedate. Nothing too bad. I don't feel like I'm... You know, I'm out of sorts or anything like that. I could probably use a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> See, you have the lines that you latch on to. Yeah. Have you ever, um, when you, like, interested in a woman and you, like, make out with a woman and then break into an impression, you've done that. Yeah. And they love it. Uh, well, I don't know. Depends on what you know her. But usually, I think impressions are good. It's yeah. a little creepy, though, for if you're just, just to be Dustin. I mean, especially if they're not into the one you're doing an impression of, right? Like Dustin Howard, you know, like David Ambrose, right? Oh, your breasts are like majestic ocean, majestic oceans. I'm entranced by the supple of your neck. Your hair smells like shampoo, but the kind of shampoo I like. That strawberry shit. Is that Dude. What do you want to plug? I want you to plug all your socials. Tell uh, everybody where you're at. Where can they find you? Uh, Instagram is the Jeff Richards and uh, hey, you got the, the I'm the Jamie Kennedy because yeah. somebody took Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, somebody took Jeff Richards. No, they didn't take it. I'm just stupid enough not to use the. No, somebody did. <laughs> I think it's a lawyer in Texas. But uh, yeah, the the Jeff Richards uh, Twitter, the Jeff Richards, and uh, that's and the Jeff Richards Show dot com. That's where my podcast is, or wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, you got everyone. You gotta watch his show. I was on it. He's got so many great guests. It's fucking brilliant. I'm gonna go back on it. Hopefully, we're gonna do a deep fake. Definitely, dude. You're fucking hilarious. Thank you. So are you. It's just so much fun, dude. It's fucking legends. I love having you. I mean, love being here. Thank you. Love to fucking figure this out. All right, let's do it. All right, peace, guys. <laughs>